We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. pod maverick after dark i definitely have the wrong layout i just noticed that as we started the show this is uh kirk henderson and josh bow starting uh one of our many uh off-season pods here it's tuesday august 8th it's about 9 30 at night for anybody that's joining us live probably don't have that many live streamers because i've not really published this show but that's okay because i'll uh, put it up on the podcast feed i'm joined as always by my co-host josh bow josh how you doing tonight I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think it's pretty funny that we're both uh, <laughs> kind of MIA this weekend as we've been planning this week out. Uh, that's kind of funny considering what's going on this week. Because um, finally something is happening uh, that we can talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. I try to smoothly segue us into our probably our first talking point of the day. It's it's great. What Josh thing. is referring to is obviously this weekend, um, Dirk Nowitzki is getting inducted into the basketball hall of fame which is up in springfield massachusetts i think yep. um seems like it's a pretty incredible place friend of the show dalton trigg uh, is actually going um mark stein's up there already seems like it's a big deal it it, it it's pretty amazing and it's we're going to talk about it a little bit because i really want to see what dirk has to say along with the rest of the stuff and then i think we'll cover it kind of more at length next tuesday but um, it's 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 a fascinating whole ordeal because Josh and I completely screwed our schedules in that he's gonna go. He you've had a long term vacation planned with some friends, which sounds fun. And then me, I planned last minute just because we, my wife and I couldn't like school starts on Monday for our son, and we couldn't find anything for him to do this week. And so I just and school I took starts the, Monday. Yeah, yeah. What? I know, right? Well, I mean, it's like think about it. It's middle of August. Like if you know, if it, it's it's always around August fifteenth or so, and that's the fourteenth. Oh. So, 
I know. I just have no. My only time frame is when I went started school, and I thought I I always remembered it starting like the second to last week of August or last week of August. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, it's crazy. so hot, so they try to yeah. get kids out of out of the feet, you know, out of, out of not not having to be outside. And so I'm gonna I'm I'm heading to Kansas City to see my my parents with my son just for like something to do, and that all falls on like the Hall of Fame based stuff. So the Hall of Fame, like the the actual, if you check in on NBA TV, we have a post going up thursday about it like there's stuff going on all week long on nba tv um it's it's like kind of the dead zone for everything but baseball in the little league world series that's kind of the only you know WNBA is on as well there are some friendlies for the basketball world cup but there's just not like it's kind of an ideal time for this sort of thing um and the nba with their partners like i don't necessarily feel like they do a the greatest job of pushing it but i suppose probably have you know it's like you go to espn and like little league world series like dominates this time of year it's kind of it's just kind of what happens and so you can if you have nba tv i would just kind of recommend going and checking out like what sort of programming is up um there's going to be a lot of things like you know today dirk i mean dirk is is basically doing a low-key media tour he did an interview with Mark Stein on Saturday on the Freak, which they then you know released in podcast form, which is nice because frankly I just missed it. Like Saturday at noon is a tough time for for me to catch a show. Um, then I'm pretty sure he might have gone on Jeff Skin Wade's show today as yep. well for like another hour. And yeah, he course, opened his new restaurant in the DFW airport, and they had the show right. there. Okay, so that makes more <laughs> sense. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a nice tour. There have been some really interesting articles, like very in the weeds stuff. Like the Brad Townsend had a, had a story about how, you know, Dirk is, is he's just settled into this statesman role so beautifully, not just for like the Mavericks, but for like basketball as an ambassador and European followers will know this obviously, because he's been so involved with FIBA and, He's traveling the world, like doing what's incredible about Dirk at this point in his life is he's doing all the stuff he said he wanted to do. Like, I, I, I know that sounds a little silly when you say it out loud, but like how many people have intentions of doing certain things when they're done with, with their particular job and they just never get around to it. Whereas Dirk seems to be like living his absolute best life. It's, it's really funny to me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of, out of watching him on, so, you know, seeing what he's doing with his life. Yeah, it's always fun to check in with Dirk, especially since, you know, Dallas is his home, but he is traveling more, probably more than he ever has to make up with, you know, lost time with family and, and his and his own family. And so, you know, he's usually gone, you know, he's, I don't know how, how it works, but, you know, he's in Germany or he's, you know, he's visiting um, his wife's family in Sweden and Kenya. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just, just trying to make up for that lost time and, so it's always fun to see him when he's when he's back around in town. Um, <clears throat> he had the press conference today, which you know that's where a lot of stories came out of. Um, he's a good he's a good storyteller, um, which is not which is kind of funny considering, you know, he started his career just he was not a media guy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, English was his second language. He just had a, you know more shy inward personality um, right and uh, who would know that he's he even said during the press conference he's like i'm not really you know i don't 
I'm not good at public speaking. It's like, well, could have fooled me. He's so full uh, of shit. He's great. <laughs> like, like I've, yeah. he's so good. I what he's gotten good at little thing here, but he's gotten good at telling the same stories and making it sound like he hasn't told that same story a hundred <laughs> yeah. times. Like that's a real impressive thing. It's like Luca, you can tell because I mean, he's you know he's what he's 24. When Luca gets asked a question, he's answered a hundred times. You start to see it in his face. So he's like, <laughs> I got it. Like it. Whereas. Dirk's just he's he, I, I went to an inter um kind of a it was a it was a reading about the book that he did. I got it back here. Where no, where it's the Great Davitsky by um Thomas uh Pletzinger. And he did like a reading. Pletzinger did like a read great, great book, by the way. Like it started out if, if you don't know anything about this this book, it started out as an article and became like a 10-year sojourn. It's an incredible book. Um but Dirk showed up and answered some questions. He's just, he's so good at this sort yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah. He speaks yeah. English better than I do. <laughs> so comfortable with it. But, yeah. you know, well, like there was, it, it's, it's, it, Brad Townsend's story this week, or I guess it was last week, mentioned um, how he had, like, at one of the pre Hall of Fame things, I think back around the announcement in April, he and his family sat at the same table as Dwayne Wade and his family. And I have grown like there's an ick factor for me with how I feel like the, the NBA pushes them together to be friendly. And it's felt forced in all candidness versus hearing Dirk talk about it, where it seems that he's just at the point in his life where he's like, all right, you know, we, we are connected. I'm going to accept this. And, he, you know, it seemed like he and Wade's family had a good time talking to one another and I had somebody in my uh, Twitter mentions say, it's like, does this mean we're not allowed to hate Dwayne Wade anymore? And I said, absolutely not. Dirk Nowitzki might not hate him anymore, but sports pettiness is one of the last real like like places where you're allowed to be an asshole unrelent unrelentingly. So I, I I don't know. I've I've just I've enjoyed some of the the um the look backs. I posted just an engagement hunting tweet like nobody's business where I said, When I say <laughs> Dirk, when I when I say Dirk Nowitzki, what gamer moment comes to mind? got a ton of you know ton of like variants and responses obviously like the 20, uh, 2006 san antonio series is is one that really sticks with people probably over the age of 30 um yep. then obviously 2011 whole thing there i did get some truly incredible answers like uh when he broke carl landry's face and ended up with five teeth in his elbow like there's just like the more you talk about dirk like the, the more you think about it, like when the man plays for that long, there's just so yeah. many ways you could go with it. And I think that, you know, we'll let some of this stuff percolate. And then next week, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it. I mean, you mentioned something earlier today about how you wanted to write something before his hall of fame speech, but realistically, like we've, we've done all this. Like this is the cap, <laughs> like this is the capstone, the, the hall of fame. I'm sorry. The Jersey retirement ceremony that the Mavericks put on was truly amazing. The ceremony unveiling was really, really good. What more, like at this point, what more can you say as a Dallas fan? Because we've already said it a million times. What the Hall of Fame is about for me is seeing the recognition from his peers. And that's the coolest part to me because I'm pretty sure Dirk's going last. And like, if you guys don't remember who else is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, let's go through it real quick. Dwayne Wade. Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich. Are you kidding me? Like, this has got to be 
one of the most recently decorated, like all these guys are in the Hall of Fame for a reason. But it's like guys that are, it's so many like guys, like marquee players on top of their game. Just really incredible. I'm I'm very like, it's a three hour long ceremony, eight to 11 p.m. And I might be Eastern time on Saturday night on NBA TV. I might actually have to watch the whole thing. In the past, I've really only watched particular clips. Yeah, and I I like the way you put it, you know, kind of getting the recognition from his peers because that's always been like if you're a Dirk, you know, if you're a longtime Dirk fan, like that's always been the thing. Like he's he's always been ours. Mm-hmm. And nationally until 2011, he, you know, he was kind of like our little indie rock band. Like yeah. obviously he was popular. Like, I mean, he was a global superstar in a way. Um, but you know, he played in the era of Kobe. And, and Kevin Garnett and Tim, like just a lot of other bigger personalities. Um, and Dirk famously only had like two sponsors, Nike and that German bank. Like he just wasn't in the public eye uh, for a reason, like on purpose, like he didn't want to be. So mm-hmm. to see him finally get his flowers after a long career, uh, it's it's really nice because like you just have, you kind of forget, like it's easy to forget, like, you know, it's not easy for us to forget, but for other people, like, He's one of the best 15 to 20 players that's ever played basketball. Yep. And when uh, these guys scored the six most points ever, like he's got more points than Shaq. Like sometimes I forget how many points he scored. Like it's, you know, where he is on that list. Like he's, he is truly one of the all timers and he still kind of feels like our local kind of like local regional kind of, kind of star, but no, he's, he's one of the best ever. Well, and, and you, 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 triggered something in my mind one of the things i loved about the nba 75th anniversary even though there's still a bunch of guys that didn't show up for covid related and health related reasons watching these guys get together and marvel at one another is probably one of my favorite things like michael jordan was the only guy who didn't really when i just walking around the hall of fame stuff who didn't seem to be in awe of anyone which fine you're the ghost yeah. you're allowed to do that michael jordan because <laughs> i remember like jason kidd standing to the side fellow hall of famer and top 75 basketball player just kind of like in awe of jordan but these guys all really like when they talk about one another and there's few guys like for example like kevin garnett is is it's just he rankled a lot of his peers like they didn't like playing against him but it's like a lot of these guys, as they get older, they just start to appreciate one another. Um, yeah. The ones that it's funny when you see like some of these like TV commentator guys like that, that, you know, your your Perkins and your these guys that snipe at each other. It feels very petty, but like the best of the best, they don't they don't really um, they don't really like do that. They just they, they seem to be in, in you know. Who was it? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had like over the course of Dirk's like career, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made a lot of like weird comments about Dirk. And yet there's like a really cool photo of Dirk and Jabbar recently as within the last two years where it's just like, man, this is two of the these two guys have accounted for a bajillion NBA <laughs> points. Like it's just it's so neat to see them together. Um, let's see here. Cowboy in the chat says, Kirk, if you remember, people did a 180 on Dirk and called him washed up after the Warriors ran Dallas off the court. I mean, I've I 100 percent remember like 2006, yeah. 2007 are just it's it's Sisyphean what happened to Dirk when 2008, 2009, 2010, Dirk suffered some real public embarrassments to go along with this. Like Dirk was 32 when they won the title. That doesn't happen. Guys win the title when they're 26 to 30. It's yeah. nuts. So 
Well, look at me. I said we weren't going to talk about these guys for that long, and here we go, because talking about Dirk is really, really awesome. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, before we move on to the next subject, if you guys could go ahead and do me a favor and um, hit the like button, you know, it's dead of summer, not a lot going on. So obviously not a lot of people in here, but if you uh, could do that for us, that'd be helpful. And if you are interested at all in our shows, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And, you know, we, we will be doing more. We do a lot of shows in season. Josh and I mm-hmm. talk to each other a lot. And I, I host that podcast that I did on Friday where you, know, you guys can come participate if you want to like this part, you know, it's, it's, it's a, podcast but as i've been kind of talking to more and more people lately like it's just like talking sports with your friends you're just broadcasting and sharing the conversation with people so i would uh, like it if you guys subscribed and continue to help grow our channel um grant afseth over at dallas basketball caught a kyrie irving tweet which i missed because i'm just trying to stay off social media during the summer uh that i thought was at least worth talking about a little bit um earlier in the week uh the usa men's select team so basically like the the b team beat the the usa men's national team twice in 10 minute scrimmages and it was like sort of a story well because there's no basketball news like you know really good basketball players play each other the slightly less talented team won twice like that's what makes basketball great but Kyrie, you know shared the story shared like the, the a tweet about it and said, it happens. It's part of the game when everybody's trying to find a role and earn playing time. You got to give the guys in the World Cup team time to gel and time to get to know each other's game. Don't overreach. What did he say here? Don't overreach with this post. And, you know, he always says stuff like that because he doesn't like his comments being taken um, out of context. But I just, I, I liked the thought, number one. And I like the fact that, that you know, Kyrie Irving, like we, you and I were talking about this beforehand. It's, I mean, it's 2023. You don't have the, you don't have the, the clearest of memories you mentioned in the show beforehand about the 2014 basketball world cup and the, the uh, 2016 Olympics of which Kyrie Irving was part of both of those teams. And it's, it's just really like, I think it was sage sage thought from Kyrie Irving and, and, you know, I just kind of wanted to get, you know, your thoughts a little bit on it because I'm really interested in this men's national team. I really like, we talked about this last time, the world cup and international basketball is like one of my favorite things. Um, I know it's kind of a weird question, like, but you know, did, did, did you have any thoughts to expound upon with that one? I saw a lot of weird takes and tweets during the exhibition game against Puerto Rico. 
uh, where like there were like people being like, "Wow, like USA basketball is vulnerable again," and I'm like, "It's it's one exhibition. It's the first like these this these group of guys have only been together for five days. It's not the best of the best, obviously." Uh, you know, a lot of guys sit out the World Cup and then they'll play in the Olympics because they, you know, they want the Olympics are, are a bigger deal. Um, and even though with all that, they look they look good. Like, they look really good. Like, spoiler alert, like, the United States of America has a lot of fantastic basketball players. I just, it was just weird. It felt like it was just trying to generate a story when there wasn't a story to be told because everyone's kind of bored and waiting for, like, the next news beat or something like I, I it was very weird like this team is not like 2004 at like the the program the, is the not USA is simply never going to dominate like they did in 1992 ever again the point yeah. is to win the tournament not win every game by yeah. 60 points yeah like I don't like even the greatest uh you know teams in the, the greatest countries uh, uh for sports and other leagues don't win like FIFA World Cup there's a different winner almost every year like from, I just don't know why America has to win every single basketball game by 60 points or it's a failure. It's just really weird. Um, it's not how the sport evolves. Um, you know, there's, it's a big country. Like, I mean, not, not a big country. It's a big world. Like there's a lot of people. Eventually other people are going to, you know, get, get better at this. It was, just, I don't know. It was just really weird. Like, I, cause I'm with you. Like, this team is cool. Like, I like a lot of the guys on this team. You know, it's kind of fun to see, like, a team that's not eight MVPs and, and all Hall of Famers. Like, it's just different. And you get to see some guys that don't necessarily always get the national spotlight but are still, like, really, really, really good. And, and that's fun to me. Like, I just – I don't know why you would look at this and try to spin it. Like, why aren't they more dominant? Like, to me, I'm like, I'm just enjoying seeing kind of a different flavor of USA basketball I mean, that's still really good. <sighs> It, it is really good. And yeah. the, the thing that there's a lot of, of takeaways for this, but before I forget one of the things I wanted to point out, if any of you forgot, like I did, that Kyrie Irving was the 2014 FIBA World Cup MVP, go Google <laughs> Google some videos of him then. Obviously, the, the Cavs won the title in 2016, but like when you think of, of Kyrie in – sort of an idea like like peak of his powers just destruction from from the guard position 2014 Kyrie Irving was a sight to behold I've I got mean his box score up from the final okay the final of the world cup uh 26 points on 10 of 13 shooting four of seven from two and six of six from three um, I mean, he's a no turnover. Uh, what two? Only two turnovers. No free throws. But like, that's he's an older guy now. Smaller guard. The athleticism that he still has is pretty is pretty friggin' spectacular. But go watch some of the stuff. It's just there's art in his movement. There's really something there. But so so to bring it back to to elements of the World Cup that I mentioned, I am personally victimized by Steve Kerr continually continuing to talk about Jalen Brunson's leadership. Yeah. Like these things are going to like they find like the Jalen Brunson at all finds new ways to hurt me. I, right. I there's no other way. It won't. It so. never goes away. Mm-mm. It's just such a colossal blunder that even you know Kyrie signing with the Mavericks can't cover because it's a different. It's just a different situation. Um, mm-hmm. the the next thing that I was thinking about, uh, Tim Bontemps talked about this a lot. Part of the reason that the men's select team won those two games is Dallas, I'm pretty sure he's from here, 
we've at least played some high school ball here. Uh, native Cade Cunningham uh, dominated because they had the the select team essentially had Cade playing the Luca position. Yeah, well, the Luca role of you know primary ball handler, scorer, distributor, et cetera, et cetera, and they just whooped the the men's national team that way. Found that very interesting because heading into that draft. There was a lot of like Cade Cunningham is is an American Luca and his yeah. first season was pretty good but not great the last and then you know last year he was injured for most of it so it's, yeah it's, I was a Cade truther I remember there were some people that were like didn't think he would be that great I remember I remember mm-hmm. buying into that American Luca I just like seeing the uh, fact I, that he's you know popping yeah. back because he faded yeah. into the background I think that's neat yeah the talents there. Um, and then the last thing about the American basketball that you sort of touched on in relation to Puerto Rico, one of the things that we're going to, I'm very curious to see what happens with American basketball over the next 10 to 15 years is if we ever get a return. And I think, I think we may of the American big man in a way that's not pure role-playing sense. Like Jaron Jackson, I still think has the, he's a world basketball is for Jaron Jackson Jr. If he can stay out of foul trouble, if he can just not do the dumb foul things he does, but otherwise team USA is like real small. Like they, there might be some length going on and they have some guys who are big, but they don't, you know, there, there's some big centers out there. You know, you, you look at France for the Olympic team. They have the ability to play Victor women, Yana Yama, Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert. All three of those guys are on the French national team and will be for the Olympics next year. Like the Americans need to find size eventually. You know, Chet, I think is 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 something because he can play some offense and some defense. But I'm just wondering if the if there is ever going to be a return to the American big in a way that you see get reflected in the NBA. I I, I could you know because you've got like DeAndre Aiden, he he plays for the uh, Bahamas. Like there's not there's just it's it's a different situation. Yeah, it's probably just a development thing. Like, I mean, the American big is not playing. Like, it's Kevin. Like Kevin Durant is a seven. Like he's a seven. Yeah, footer. he's a big. Yeah, seven foot. That's so, a great point. So like, it's just those guys are doing that. Like yeah. I think those the guys that are in that six eight to seven foot six ten range, they're just they're perimeter based. They're just wings, um, and they're just learning those types of skills. Uh, I mean, they're that good. Like you can't really argue about how good Kevin Durant is. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, we'll see. Hey, maybe uh, Derek Lively can be um, <laughs> can be. Uh, yeah, you know. I mean, we asked. Hey, Tyson we asked Chandler the, was on an Olympic team once. Yeah. So it's, uh, well, and, and that's the that's actually where my head is going because it's like I've been inadvertently kind of like going to more of these high school games and AAU tournaments in the area just for stuff because like I go to a lot of Plano Sports Authority things and like the sheer number of enormous children is bad. <laughs> like, there's just so many big people. Um, that this is a great point uh, in the chat. Uh, if Anthony Davis wasn't made of glass, he would solve a lot of problems for the United States. That's that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, and he did play for for a couple of of sessions. That's really something to think about um the last thing we just want to touch on and then we'll get out of dodge here is in another friendly uh exhibition game i, I don't like the term friendly but that's what you know you call the the soccer match or the football matches overseas and it's the closest these exhibition matches which are pretty testy um let's see slovenia played montenegro today uh luca was thorough <laughs> like just kind of no other way to call it um i didn't get hurt Scored 34 points, 13 boards, and 13 assists. 
Uh, there's a YouTube, there's a couple of different YouTube videos. You can probably go find if you want to see it, but it's, I don't know, man, just watching Luca play with the FIBA ball is a real joy. It makes me wish the NBA ball had some differentiation in the color, but he just, there's a mastery of the game going on when you watch Luca play in these games. Yeah. The thing that I've noticed in these games, I need to write a column on it before I, before I dip out this week. It's just like with Luca, there's no, like, I don't want to say taking, taking a day off. Cause that's kind of not what I mean, but like with Luca, he like he knows when the eyes are like when eyes are on him mm-hmm. and his ability to just always continuously show up and put on a show not just produce but the flair that he plays with and the way that he can play with that flair and channel it and it's not just superficial but it's it's productive like he's a very flashy talented guy uh but it's not um empty calorie like he's not empty calories like he's not just throwing up highlight reels just to they don't have those assists points and rebounds they don't win yeah like he's like he's doing behind the back passes and all this crazy stuff you know partly because you know he's that good and he can get away with it he's cocky uh, he's confident but also like he ends up making the best basketball play usually like uh, it's just kind of amazing um how productive he is while also being as entertaining as he is to watch. Sure. I remember uh, one of our staffers, uh, who's uh, Ben, um, we were talking in Slack and he kind of talked about how the, the, the efficiency wars in basketball has kind of made watching the game a little bit for him, a little monotonous in a way. And I, you know, I didn't fully agree with him there, but I do kind of see what he means. You know, a lot of players try to play the same way in terms of like, where do you want to shoot from the floor? Like the rim, uh, and threes and free throws and and there's not a lot of variation there and like Luca is obviously like, he's doing the same thing like he wants to be at the rim or he wants to shoot threes or he wants to go to the free throw line but there's just like a, a flair there's just a, a pizzazz call it what you will um he's just a good showman uh and he always like if you buy a ticket or if you're tuning in like you're like you almost always get your money's worth with with Luca uh and coincidentally like the only time he doesn't do it is at the all-star game which you think he should do it more, but for whatever reason, that's when he decides to uh, take a step back into the background. But yeah, it's just like these games don't matter. And he's like, uh, he's just going nuts. Like it's just, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, the official games when they start August 25th. Yeah. Still a few more friendlies. We'll see if Luca plays in all of them. They do play the United States. Um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I did not know that these friendlies, like I thought this was all happening because the world cups in the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought all these games were happening around the Philippines, but they're not like the USA game, I think is in the Slovenia Spain. USA game, Spain. So these guys are traveling like, uh, man, what a schedule. Like yeah. traveling for these games and then you got to travel to the World Cup to play in the Philippines and then the Mavericks are flying overseas again for the preseason. Like that's, I can understand why, you know, some of these, maybe some of these, you know, like a Kevin Durant or something like these other older uh, superstars are sitting out because that's a lot of that's a lot of travel yep being oh, tall in an airplane is not fun doesn't, doesn't matter how much luxury you have yeah right that's that's, <laughs> that's absolutely the case um all right so i think we may cut this one a little bit shorter uh like we mentioned both josh and i are taking a little bit of time the second half of the week but i have decided to republish kind of a and uh the interviews i i 
the day that Dirk's jersey retirement ceremony happened, I was not working very much, and I called up eight different people to talk about Dirk Nowitzki. And it's each interview is like between five and fifteen minutes long, and it's people that you know: Bobby Corrala, um, Jason Gallagher, uh, Ben Collins, of a former child reporter for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, <laughs> There's also kind of it's 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 very you know bittersweet and in an extent and kind of surreal listening to it now. But I got Jonathan Charks, uh, and this was about nine months before he passed away. Just hearing him talk about Dirk was really you know hearing it again was very special. But it was an inter- it was a series of stuff where it's it's like hearing these other people talk about Dirk. It, it's one of my favorite things I've been a part of. Uh, so we're gonna reshare that Thursday afternoon give you something to listen to over the course of the weekend. You'll have plenty of, of, you know, content out there in the world if you're interested in Mavs related stuff, but I I did want to have one thing up on it. And then after, you know, Dirk gives his, you know, speech, we'll probably talk about it next week. And then, you know, by that point, we're going to be inching right, we're going to be, you know, right up against the, the front of the world cup. And we will, you know, have, have probably a little more specific stuff to talk about. Honestly, it's hard to watch these games right now because the meaning the, the friendlies, like we could find a way to watch them, but because, you know, day jobs and such, like, I don't, I don't want to burn that much of my like PT and PTO, like watching a game that ultimately doesn't matter, but I'm, I will probably do some of that come August for August and September for the world cup. So we'll, we'll have a little more substantive stuff to talk about, but I, I don't think people will mind. Yeah. We'll so, be okay. Yeah. Life finds a way. That's exactly right. Well, Josh, you go have fun on your trip. I'm going to have, we'll see if I'm going to have fun on mine. I got to drive through Oklahoma. We'll see how great that's going to be. Is this Um, the first time you've done the drive from Dallas to Kansas City? No, I've done it. I did it a number of times when I was a kid. So it's better than the drive from here to St. Louis, which is where my wife is from. You got to like go all the way across Oklahoma. So like I'm in Oklahoma for like four and a half (laughs) hours. So we'll see. Everybody. Stomping grounds in Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody, be good. Uh, check out any co- you know content we put out on MavsMoneyBall.com. We at least have one thing every day. Uh, we're not quite as prolific as some of our, our friends out there, but we don't have the incentives to do that in the offseason. So, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, please uh, like, rate, and review, and subscribe to our shows, and we will talk with you guys a little later next week. Bye, guys.